Desert Word Center. How is everybody on a beautiful Sunday morning? Yeah, we're going to have a great time today. We are super excited. We have some of our favorite guests with us, and I shouldn't even say guests, but family with us, Dana and Liz Nile. Amen. Some of the, the most hardcore missionaries that you have ever met. I hope he shares some stories today because these guys got some stories that'll rock your socks, man. They got some awesome stuff that they've seen and experienced um, over the years, and so they're uh, they live in Montana, so they're down here from Montana. But we're gonna hear some awesome word today, Sunday morning, and tonight Liz will be ministering the word for us. So it's just a power-packed, action-packed day all the way around, uh, and so don't miss any of it. It's gonna be absolutely awesome. All right. What's one of the first things we do every service? We speak some words of faith over the United States of America. Let's stand up together today because we believe that the United States is coming to Jesus and we will see revival. We will see a breakthrough and somebody might say, hey, I don't see it, but we walk by faith, not by sight. And so we are going to boldly proclaim the word of God every single time. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. 
we declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise this morning. You may be seated. You may be seated, okay? A couple of quick updates, and I'm going to have Katie give you the announcements for today. But the t-shirts are in. If you ordered a HDWC t-shirt, uh, you can pick those up after the service. We do have a few extras available if you didn't pre-order. But if you did pre-order, go pick those up in the bookstore and then you can represent Jesus in High Desert Word Center. Doesn't that sound awesome? Nick, is that good news? That, hey, the hottest merch in the church merch game. That's what we're saying. Come on, somebody. All right. So anyway, uh, those are in. And I will remind you that the t-shirt challenge is officially underway. And if you're like, well, what's the t-shirt challenge? Every time the Olympics roll around, we have a social media t-shirt challenge. And it's whoever, everybody's got to get involved. You post pictures of yourself with your church t-shirt on, on your social media. You hashtag it. High Desert Word Center, hashtag I love my church. And for one, it lets people know that, hey, I am a Christian, I am a churchgoer, and I am proud of Jesus, amen? And also, it just it's a fun time, and it gives everybody a chance to, to get involved. And so, I'm going to go ahead and show you a few pictures of this week's uh, t-shirts, alright? So, go ahead, Maylee, and put this on the screen for us. Can we, can we get a drum roll? Alright, all right, let's try that. <laughs> okay, you know what? We failed on that. It's okay. All right. So here's a few of this week's T-shirts. And I'm telling you, next week, I hear some big things for some big pictures coming. So this is Ryland, one of our teenagers at Angel Stadium. All right. Let's hear it for Ryland. Dude. Hey, that's fair. All right. And just so you know, you're allowed to do as many T-shirts, as many pictures as you want. Next picture, please. We have Ryland with some Anaheim police officers. All right. There you go. Hey. We love our Barstow PD, but hey, we love the Anaheim Police Department too, all right? Uh, let's go ahead and we have, uh, this is Sam, my son, with his ice cream cone. And it's great because brand new shirt, brand new stains. Within five minutes, brand new stains. So everybody, if you're a parent, you know what's up with that, all right? So there's Sam, all right? Here for the stain, all right? And then we've got, um, go ahead. This is, it's from a distance, but you know that man. That is Alex Church, uh, our bass player. That's Alex right there, okay? And so I believe his wife had to stop traffic on the freeway in San Bernardino to get this picture. So she risked her life so he could have a great picture. Next picture is also Alex. And look at that. Come on. That's a champion right there. That is the heart of a champion, all right? Willing to risk his wife's life. Not many men would do that. That's good stuff, Alex. Okay, go ahead and next pick. That's Katie and I. But hey, if you look in, if you look in, we have High Desert Word Center coffee cups from Chloe Brown. And that's the real deal. And people have been asking, so hey, maybe we'll get some HDWC coffee cups because we love Jesus, but we love coffee around here. Am I right? Come on. All right. 
Next picture. Let's see this. Okay. And I, I had to put myself in. This is me with my giant sequoias. I love the sequoia trees. And so every year we're out there. And I got. I had a little trash talk from some of my brothers, but it's okay because there I am, and I'm, I'm not. I'm ashamed. I'm not ashamed of my church. Amen. All right. Next pictures. We have Nicholas. Nick Alva. All right. Now, Nick decided what better way to enter the contest than to get children to do a workout. And I think it's so he could burn their energy so they'd go take a nap. But because of this, that's a smart guy. You always want to get the kids to take a nap whenever you can. And so the next, uh, the next thing I'm going to do is actually show a video of Nick with the kids. Okay, so Maylee, go ahead and roll Nick's video. We want to see this. Give us some volume. All right. What's the verse? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Awesome. A couple more seconds. Woo! A couple more seconds. Hold it. My legs. Hold it. Don't put your hands on your legs. Don't put your hands on your legs. Hold it. Very good. All right. He got a group of children to do wall sits on a 15-passenger van with a shirt. I think that deserves a shout-out. Let's hear it for Nick, everybody. All right. So those are some of this week's, past week's T-shirts. We've got this coming week. And listen, out of the kindness of my heart, because i got to remind you, there's cash on the table for this. And some people are like, I don't know about that. $17.76. $17.76. Why? Why? Well, because because we love America, and that's what I had in my bank account at the time. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise today. Come on, yeah. All right. Uh, No, but anyway, uh, so $17.76, and you get a gold medal from the Oriental Trading Company. All right? Gold medal from Oriental Trading. Uh, Hey, listen, that set me back about nine cents just in that in itself. So... We need you to get involved. You want to win these prizes. And, of course, you get rejoicing rights until the next time around, right? So if you want to enter the contest, get a uh, get a T-shirt, hashtag High Desert Word Center, hashtag I Love My Church. This week, the competition is going to get a little more intense, all right? Now I'm going to let her tell you about some actual good stuff. All right, here we go. I spent an entire week camping looking at all of your T-shirt pictures and him going, okay, do this one. Okay, do this one. It was good, you know. Hey, there's a new sequoia tree. Do this one. It was good. It was good. We spent a whole week taking pictures of t-shirts in front of trees. It was good. It was a good time. So, <laughs> in other news, today is uh, Promotion Sunday. Your students are moving up to their next class. That means... I get a bunch of your youth students at this point. I am loving that. I'm loving that. So if you have a fifth grader who's going into sixth grade this year, they're mine. And I get them on Wednesday. So that'll be awesome. If you have a preschooler or a kindergartner who's moving up to first grade, those first graders, this will be um, their last time in Jam Junior, and they will go to Children's next Sunday. There is also General Store today. So if you're a newbie to the General Store or Children's Church scene, what that means is your student gets to go upstairs to this room. So when you go up the stairs, it's on your right-hand side, and you will come home with lots of stuff. 
That's what that means. They earn points for their Bible, coming to church with them, offering, memory verse, just being here. So if it's their first time or only their second time, please make sure that they get to do that today. They will be just loving that room. So there's lots and lots of fun stuff in that room for them, and they will get to take it home. This Tuesday, we're back to women's Bible study, 6 to 7 o'clock. School is starting, and I love you. But you're leaving my house at 7. Okay? So we're going to actually, like, set an alarm this time. So we're going to have a good time. But come come on time, okay, so you don't miss. 6 to 7 this Tuesday. And then this Saturday is men's meeting, gentlemen. Men's meeting. So 9 a.m. this Saturday in Victory Hall. And afterward, we're doing sound panels. This may not be exciting to you. But to any of you who have ever complained about an echo in this building, this is your day. This is your day. So the sound panels, all the equipment and all the materials are in. We just need them assembled. So we need some help doing that. So after the men's meeting this Saturday, if you are available at all to stick around, that would be amazing. Um, we will make sure that you not only have breakfast, but also lunch. So you get two free meals out of the deal and some quality time with Chuck Coleman. So, hey, it's a win-win. Hear about Jesus, quality time with Chuck Coleman, it's good. Um, also, in other news about quality time with gentlemen, Corey, Sergeant Corey Gaston is in the back standing up for us. This is... W- September, this is the last season that he will be with us for quite some time. They're shipping him out to South Korea. So make sure that you get to say hi to him, talk to him, love on him. So in September, he's exiting. So you've got one month to love on him or meet him if you haven't met him before. So make sure that you talk to Corey before you leave today and in future weeks. Yeah, we love you, Corey. Okay. Um... Also, SMTI, we've had a lot of interest in our Bible college, SMTI. Are you coming to share about that this morning? She's not planning on it. Okay, so if you are interested in participating in our Supernatural Ministries Training Institute, it meets on Monday evenings. It is a Bible college course. There is homework in that whole nine and some tuition costs, but it is incredibly minimal. So if you are interested in that at all, see one of us or Miss Pastor, um, and we will be able to get you some information. We're looking for who is interested in participating this fall. It would start in September and go through May. If you are interested in that, we need to know as quickly as you can talk to us. And there is a sign-up sheet on the info booth so that we can get it ordered and going. If there's not any interest or a minimal interest, then we're not doing it. But if you're interested, we're going to do it. So let us know as soon as you can. Um, If you are with us for the first time or the first time in a really long time, wave at me as crazy as I'm waving at you. Everyone's like not waving. Listen, We love you, and we could point you out from right here. But uh, we want to make sure that we get you some information about the church and make sure that you get connected where you want to be connected. So before you leave today, get some information from the info booth, or you can snag one of us, and we would be glad to get you some more information about the church and get your information as well so we can get you connected. Okay, Pastor, are you ready for some happy time? Mm -hmm. Thank you.
about Pastor Dave. Good job. Wow. I, t- I tell you what, that's a hard act to follow, man. She's, she's wired, isn't she? Got a lot. Well, what time is it, boys and girls? It's happy time. More blessed to give than to receive. Hold up your hands if you need an envelope for your time, your offerings. And actually, this morning, we're going to be receiving two offerings. Right now, we're going to receive the church regular tithes and offerings that keeps the church going. And then after, uh, after Brother Dana preaches, then we're going to see an offering for him at the end of the service. And so if you want to take two offering envelopes now, you can, but we're going to receive theirs at the end of the service. And I'll tell you what, we're so excited about them being here. He's the man that left me in Peru. <laughs> he, he, he had faith to get me there, but delayed faith to get me out. <laughs> but I got out. How, how, how many remember that? What a, what a time that was, but praise God. We've been, we've been, we've been friends for so many years, had such a good time, and I razz him about that, but, uh, it's a fact. <laughs> Open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm so glad we can laugh, laugh, laugh about that now, and down there, we were down there, we were laughing by faith, but now we're laughing. <laughs> but Hebrews chapter 10, Verse 23, this is such an important verse for Christians to have a hold of. Uh, you know, how, how many believe Malachi chapter 3, the things that God tells us about tithers, living under the open windows of heaven, pouring out blessings on us, not room enough to contain them, rebuking the devourer for our sakes. I was, talk, I was talking to David this morning at breakfast at uh, Gas in Montana's 309. And I said, praise the God for the 309 gas days coming back again. You know, but we're paying what we're paying. And we talk about a lot of things going on. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of pleasant conversations right now about what's going on in the country and in the world. But how many know that we're citizens, first of all, of the kingdom of God? And then after that, we're citizens of the United States of America. We're citizens of California. But we've got to keep our priorities right, who we really belong to, who takes care of us. It's not a political party. It's not one man. It's not a Congress. It's not a governor. The Lord Jesus Christ is one we look to. And it's so easy right now, the times we live in, talk about how bad it is over here, how bad it is over there. Well, you know what they're saying they're going to do now. Well, you know what just happened. Did you hear this? Did you hear that? Well, Hebrews chapter 12 says, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. How many started your faith walk because you received Jesus? Amen. And if we keep our eyes on Jesus, by keep our eyes on the word because he's the word. We keep our eyes on the word of God. We've got our eyes on Jesus. And, you know, before I read this verse, I want to say one more thing as I read this verse. I've said this for years and years and years and years because Jesus told me this years ago. He said, faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. And so we don't live in denial. We know what's going on around us. But the word of God could change it for our lives. And as a pastor and a Bible teacher... I've always said this, that I can control absolutely what happens to my house and my family. And I can preach and teach the word of God about how people can get what we've got, but I can't guarantee their results unless they do what we did. 
Amen. I was telling Dana this morning something I hadn't thought of before. I said, you know, through our, through our, 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 all these years of Christian living, we live by faith. We've learned how to live in bad times. Because sometimes you're in the ministry, you go through some times that you don't have everything you want. Where there's things going on, we learned to live by faith years ago. We've lived that way for years. And God forbid that something bad would happen where this whole thing would fall apart in America. But if it did, I guarantee you one thing. I'm going to keep living like I've always lived. I'm going to seek you first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things be provided for me. And, and, and God has so many ways to get it to you. If you need gas, if something happened that said you can't have gas anymore, well, the one that made the heavens and the earth knows where to get gas and everything else. And so, saying that, look at this. Hebrews 10, 23 let us hold fast, the King James says, profession, but it's confession of our faith. Your confession is what you're saying, what you talk about things. And hold fast the confession of our what? Faith. Not hold fast the confession of what's happened in our country. Or what's happened to gas prices. What do you know how much a gallon of milk costs now? What do you know how much it takes to fill up that gas tank now? Well, we don't deny those things are true, but we're supposed to hold fast confession of what God says about our gas tank, about our light bill, about how much it costs to go to the grocery store now. We know it's out there. We know it's real. But the Holy Spirit said, hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. Why is that? For he is faithful that promised. He is faithful that promise. Politicians make a lot of promises. And most of them don't come to pass the what they promised to get elected. But Jesus said, I quoted a while ago, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. His righteousness, all these things will be added, not subtracted. Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your need. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. No matter what, what goes on with the economy, no matter who's in office or not in office, no matter what goes on, I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus by looking at his word. Every time I fill up my gas tank, I'm going to look at the pump. I'm going to look up to heaven. I'm going to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We can fill up these tanks. We don't have to put a dollar in. We can fill our tanks up. Amen? And so, amen. And so, I'm just telling you right now, you are faith Christians because you belong to Jesus. You believe the Bible and you live your best for him. So don't let all this negativity around you suck the faith out of you. Amen. When you're challenged to think about how we're going to do it, don't be speaking those words out of mouth saying, I know how we're going to do it. I know the one that supplies my needs. Thank you, Jesus. We always got more than enough. Thank you, Jesus. I go to the grocery store now. Last year spent $150. Now this year spent $300. Thank you, Jesus. You're the one that gave me the $150. You're the one that gives me $300. Amen. And so let's hold on to that and let's make our financial faith confession. Then we'll bring our tithes or offerings up to the altar. And you can stay up the altar and worship while we, while we uh, have praise and worship if you want to. But the main thing is, we're a Jesus church. Jesus is the answer for every problem. And we belong to him, first of all, before we belong to anybody else. Amen. Well, let's stand up and make, make our financial faith confession. Then bring our tithes and offerings up to the altar. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive. Jobs, our better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, 
benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, meet all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take care of my family, to give gently the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, when you're done dropping off your tithes and your offerings, join us up here at the altar and let's praise the Lord on today. Because our faith has been awakened. Hallelujah. Faith awakened, you breathe into me. Bones were shaken, the bloody shed was mercy saving the dying world.
holding on to faith Because I know you'll make a way And I don't always understand And I don't always get to see But I will believe it Yes, I will believe it That you make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls And I will speak to my fears I will preach to my doubts you were faithful then, you'll be faithful now. I am standing on your word.
songs of praise to shake prison walls. single time that you did not come through, that you did not keep your word, that you did not complete what you promised to complete. Lord, we praise you today and we thank you. We thank you that even the times we haven't been faithful, you've still been faithful because you cannot deny who you are at your core, at your essence. You are a faithful God. You are a good God. You are a merciful God. And we praise you for that this morning, Lord. You are good to us. Amen. We're going to, this morning is our, uh, it's the first Sunday of the month, so it's our tradition to take communion on the first Sunday of every single month. And uh, and I just want to share a verse with you before we uh, form our line and, and take our communion elements. And uh, I'm going to be brief because I don't want to cut into the rest of the service time here. But it's in Hebrews 2, verses 14 and 15. I found these verses, and I have found them to be the most accurate, beautiful description of why Jesus Christ came to earth and did what he did. Hebrews 2, 14, it says, Because God's children are human beings. Are you a human being? Yes, you are. Made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. And so I'm telling you right now, as a Christian, you don't have to be afraid of dying. You don't have to be afraid of anything. Because you've got Jesus, He came, He took on a body so He could be one of you, so He could be one of me. And He couldn't die if He was a spirit. Spirits don't die. He had to have a body to die in. So He took one on and He died. And I'm telling you right now in 2021, there is no reason that the children of God should be living their lives as slaves to fear. You have been set free from that. Amen? And I'm telling you... 
No matter what comes down the pike the rest of this year. Oh, it's coming back. The COVID's coming back and this is coming back. I say, you know what? Listen right here. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. He came and He died and I'm not afraid of anything because of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I will, I refuse to live my life as a slave to fear or a slave to anything else because God is on my side. Amen. And so with those verses in mind, I want us to go ahead and uh, you, if you're new to our communion time, you do not need to be a member of High Desert Word Center to take communion with us. You just need to be a member of the family of God. Jesus needs to be your Savior. You need to have made that decision to receive Jesus. Other than that, we invite you to take communion with us. So let's go ahead. Each side, come up and receive the elements. Go back to your spots. You can remain standing when you get back to your spots, and then we will receive the elements together.
You were born here and live out here, and you want to see people that you grew up with be saved. And so I know a part of that is what we do to help Jesus reach people over in countries we've never heard of, that that is seed time at harvest. That comes back on this church on you to help us reach your people. And then also, I was, when I was, when I was a young pastor, I was a part of Willie George's minister's network for a while. And how many have ever heard of Willie George? He's yeah. a big time children's minister. Well, he said something that I learned so, you know, you learn so much when you don't know anything. And I didn't know anything about pastoring until I started doing it. But he said something that's always stuck with me. And I want to give this thought to you for today. He said one of the reasons he loves to have missionaries come to his church because they leave a deposit that missionary anointing. The missionary anointing is a soul winning anointing. And he said, when he has missionaries in, he said he likes what they say, but he loves what they leave. And so this morning, I just believe that tonight when Liz gets to minister, I believe there's going to be a deposit on this church to become more conscious of people around us that don't know what we know. And we'll have a boldness to be able to speak and talk to people we work with in our families and things because that anointing is going to get on us, going to get in us. And so we've been friends with these guys since 1995, been partners since 1995. And, uh, you know, for the people that are new in the church, what I said a while ago, joking around, but he's the guy that left me in Peru. He's the world's missions director for AFCM. That's the first uh, organization we were ordained with. And we went to a pastor's conference right when COVID was starting. And we were preaching down there at the pastor's conference in Peru. And all of a sudden, they locked the airport up. But he was on a different airline than me, so he got to leave. And I stayed. That's why we joke about that. But uh, anyway, let's give a hand. Stand up if you want to out of honor. Give a hand to this gift of God. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Bernie. Well, it's sure good to be back in Barstow, California. Hallelujah. I always feel like I'm coming home when we come here just because we fit. You know, it just fits for us. And also, I want to thank this church for supporting us on a monthly basis. You know, I I think you're aware of that you're doing that. But it happens every month without fail. It just comes and comes and comes. And glory to God, that, that that helps us go, but it also helps us send. You know, this past year and a half, it's been kind of tough going. I made it on one mission trip in April, and I'll tell you about that. But what have we been doing since? Well, we've got friends, we've got minister partners in a lot of different nations. A lot of national pastors, a lot of missionaries. And when this COVID thing happened and they locked down, I mean, they they locked down to the point where they couldn't even go to work. They couldn't, similar to here, I think. But in in Nepal and India and Sri Lanka and Vietnam and the Philippines and Kenya and, and Cameroon and Ghana and Peru and Honduras and Thailand, these are all the places that we go to. When they lock down there, these people don't have a cushion. They can't go work, and so they're not earning any money. And so when they don't have any money, they don't have any food, they're they're getting hungry. There was more people starving to death in these nations than they were dying of COVID. And so our partner pastors there, our national ministers there, they were going into debt just to make sure that their own church people were getting fed. And so what Liz and I would do is we would send money to them. 
You know, that's not our normal deal. We don't normally send money to these people because we're teaching them how to live by faith themselves, right? And they do an excellent job of crabbing a hold of the word. And, and so to send money to all these different, it's like, oh, but the Lord said, yeah, you need to do it. They're going in debt to keep their people from starving to death. And so we did. And over the last year and a half, we have sent $55,000 to all these different nations so that these people wouldn't starve to death. You know, and I keep thinking, well, it's over now. It's over now. No, Nepal's locked down again. India's locked down. Sri Lanka's locked down. Philippines, they're kind of locked down. It depends on where you go there. (laughs) Kenya's kind of open, which that's good. (laughs) I tried to go into Cameroon in West Africa. Couldn't get there. I mean, I I had my passport was at the, at, at, in Washington DC, ready to get the visa. And then they locked her down. So had to get my passport back (laughs) without a visa in it. You know, it's just been crazy that way. And so we'll just keep doing this. As long as God tells us to do it. But here's what I know about the Lord. You know, he tells us in, in uh, Proverbs 19:17. Let me read it to you out of the NLT, New Living Translations. It says, if you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord and he will repay you. Well, that's what we've seen. I mean, we we would give sometimes $5,000 heading over to Nepal at a time or, or to Sri Lanka. And we would do that and it, would, it wouldn't be a matter of days before it's already back. I mean, it's, God's just amazing that way. You lend to the Lord, He will repay. And here's what I know about God, He repays well. <laughs> it's, it's not just dollar for dollar. No, He, he repays well. So I did get to go to Nepal. I went there for all the month of, of April. You know, so uh, it was a long trip, but I knew that I needed to spend that time there because who knows what it would take to get from one place to another. And it was just a, it was just a trip of faith the whole way. And Liz stayed home because we thought, you know, it's just not wise for both of us to go because if I get stuck over there, then I don't have Liz helping to get me home. Like she did in Peru. <laughs> I mean, she was on the phone with American Airlines. I mean, and, and she worked her magic and, and got me home that time. Had to leave Pastor Bernie. It was, it was tough. <laughs> you know, and I thought about it. Should the mission leader leave the team? Yes. <laughs> if Ron and Annette Thiessen hadn't been there to take care of Pastor Bernie, I'd have stayed there with him. I really would have. But I knew that I would have, I think. <laughs> but I did get to go to Nepal, and we did two different ministers' conferences there, pastors' conferences. And I actually go back, got to go back to the original place that Liz and I ministered in. 35 years ago. Back then, we, we were part of a team that went into this area called Bortibong. You know, you don't have to say that. I can say it. Bortibong, that's where we went. And to get there, we'd go in a four-wheel drive vehicle for a day, get out, and then walk for two days. Back to in where we lived and ministered. I mean, we're talking back in the, in the time when there was no running water, there was no electricity, we had mud floors... We had the proverbial mud hut. Did have a slate rock roof over it. I mean, these were substantial structures, but just really small. We cooked with wood. I mean, open fire. 
If we didn't have enough firewood, we'd use kerosene, a kerosene pressure stove, which was dangerous and not very fun, and always smelled like kerosene smoke. You know, your food came out. What's that taste? Oh, that's kerosene. Great. <laughs> so that's, that's where we lived and ministered 35 years ago. We saw the beginnings of a church, and when I say the beginnings, I mean a couple of people saved. That was it. We rotated out. Some other missionaries rotated in. There was missionaries there for close to 10 years. And then a civil war happened and nobody could be in there. And so Liz and I went back there seven years ago and there was nine churches. And we're just, all right, nine churches. I went back in April, 29 churches. (laughs) And this is indigenous, meaning they're doing it on their own. They're doing it all by themselves. They don't have help way and so praise God I got to go do a pastor's conference and we invited pastors and church leaders from all 29 churches and and they're not all there in the the city there's five of them in the city but then they're all up and down these rivers there's three rivers that come together right there and so there's villages up and down those rivers and so the rest of the churches are up and down those villages same villages that Liz and I used to walk through praying for and so when we did this pastor's conference, we actually held it at the first church ever in Borkibong. The first church, that's where we had it. And I think, this is perfect. You know, and, and they were treating me like some kind of rock star. Because they knew he was the first, he was one of the first missionaries. To, he was one of the first believers to actually come in there. And we were, we were part of a team. And so they said, we want to know what it was like. Well, it was pretty tough, let me tell you. We know how did this work and so I shared with him we prayed and we prayed a lot well how did you pray well we prayed in our understanding and then we prayed in tongues and then I and then the Lord had me teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues and I mean I hit every angle there was because I knew I had Presbyterian pastors in there I had Baptist pastors in there I had people that never even heard of speaking in tongues and so I taught on it for hours Gave an invitation and we had 30 pastors get baptized in the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues. Baptist pastors, Presbyterian pastors. And I knew that was my assignment. Because when when ministers get a hold of the Spirit of God, when they get baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues, it changes their ministries. And it'll change their churches. And the whole time that I'm teaching, I brought Brother Hagen books with me in the Nepali language. I had eight different titles. I had over a hundred books with me. And, and, and Pastor Bernie said, how would you get them out there? Well, it wasn't easy. <laughs> In fact, when I ordered them, I, I ordered twice that many. Half of them went to the other pastor's conference that I went to. So I got a hundred, I got boxes of these books. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, what did I do? <laughs> did I order too many? No, it was just the right amount. And I got them out there. And when, when I'm teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I take a side trail every now and then. And I go, Lord, what, what are we doing here? And, and I'd talk about the authority of, that the believer has. And, oh, I know what I'm doing. And then I'd pick up the, the believer's authority by Kenneth E. Hagin, and I would highlight that book a little bit and say, the rest of it's in here. You need to read it. And the reason I was doing that is because my interpreter told me, hey, they, they're not reading much anymore. I said, wow, this ain't America. This is Nepal. They need to be reading. They're locked down. What else they got to do? <laughs> and so I would highlight the books, and after I left, I found out, yeah, they're reading them. 
They're reading them and giving me and giving me reports about how these books are changing their lives, they're changing their ministries, and they did that for me. They did that for pastors Bernie and Janice. I know it. Reading those books will change your life. They'll change your ministry. We got them in the Nepali language, and so I left those deposits. And then I went to another pastor's conference. These were Presbyterians. Those guys were mostly Baptists. <laughs> and the Presbyterian, we're working with a guy that uh, we met seven years ago. And when we met him, he wanted me to preach in his father's church. And I said, sure, okay. And I said, can I, can I uh, teach on the Holy Spirit? He said, you know, in Presbyterian seminary, they didn't tell me anything about the Holy Spirit. I said, yeah, go ahead, teach on the Holy Spirit. And so we did. I mean, I preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We gave an invitation. His father's church, most of them got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and so did this guy, my interpreter. Now, his dad, his dad was always kind of, always kind of, no, I don't know, that seems kind of weird. Well, it is kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, you're speaking a language you've never learned, you know, it's a little different. And so his dad was kind of like this. Well, this man, his name is Deepak, he got baptized in the Holy Ghost seven years ago, and every time we go to Nepal, he organizes a minister's meeting, and we go and we preach. This time he had, uh, I think we had 50, we were only supposed to have 25 because of COVID, but we had 50 pastors and their wives in this room, most of them Presbyterian. I preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just like I did in the other conference, gave an invitation. We had 40 pastors and their wives get baptized in the Holy Ghost including Deepak's dad. <laughs> he finally grabbed the hold of it and took off. Oh, it was so good. Praise God. So that's what we've been doing. And we're, we're planning on going over to the Philippines. We'll see. They're, they're, you know, you think, you think America locked down hard? Some of these other nations, it's just bizarre what they have to do. In the Philippines, when they're riding a motorcycle, they got to have a, they've got to have a face shield. A face mask, and then they have to have a piece of plexiglass between the driver and the rider. And I'm going, um, aerodynamically, that's just weird. <laughs> you could be causing all kinds of wrecks doing that. And it, does it make sense? Not at all. But then a whole bunch of these rules don't make sense either, so, you know. But if you think you got it rough, it's way rougher overseas. In Nepal, Sri Lanka, Nepal's still locked down. I got into Nepal when they opened up finally for some tourists. I was right there. Got in, stayed a month. When I was leaving, it was locking down again. Because the COVID uh, wave that hit India came right into Nepal, this new variant, you know. And, there, and, and so everything was locking down again. A day after I left, they locked down the airport. And I, 10,000 tourists trapped, but not me. I, I got the anointing to get out of these places, Pastor. <laughs> I not only get in, I get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. And, and see, Liz didn't have to call the airlines or nothing. I got out of there. It was good. Praise God. So, where else are we going? Oh, we're going down to Peru in, in October. We're going to go down back to Iquitos, the famous place where Pastor Bernie had to stay for a couple of weeks. Extra. <laughs> yeah, we're going back down there. We're going to do a minister's conference upriver. Pastor Bernie didn't get to go up the river. You know, he kind of wanted to, so maybe he should go with us. 
he got a look at the Amazon and he said, you know, I didn't get to see much of this Amazon, but he said, I'd like to have seen more of the river. Well, we're going to go seven hours up river to a place where there is no air conditioning. They have electricity two hours a day. That's it. They turn on, they they fire up a generator and it, it runs for two hours. You got electricity, so charge your whatever you need to charge and turn on the fan for a little cooling and then it shuts off and you have to sleep. We stay in a no-star hotel. Could even be negative star. I mean, it's, it's rough. You can hear everything that's going on in, in the rooms and every one of, every one of them, because they don't have the wall doesn't go all the way to the ceiling. They got a, at the top there's screens to keep the bugs out, some of the bugs out, but you can hear everything. You can hear the guy three rooms down rolling over on his, on his mattress because it's covered with plastic. And I was like, well, Pastor Ron just rolled over. <laughs> so, but we're going to, it's, you know, I, I, I laugh about some of the stuff you got to go through to minister, but the ministry is just awesome. We get over 500 people to come, 20 some churches, probably 28 churches represented their pastors, their leaders, 500 people jamming into this place, this community center, and the ministry is just awesome. Now, when we first went there, it wasn't so awesome. When we first went there, you'd start teaching and preaching to these people, and it's like, hello, anybody home? You know, it was like there was this fog. But now they're spirit-filled, they're alive, and you go in there and teach, and stuff happens. I mean, it's it's so much fun. Praise God. Well, I need to get into the Word. I look at the clock here, and I do believe I've got a Word that you need to hear, so let's get into it. I want you to open up to Acts chapter 4. Acts 4. And you know, Acts 4 follows right after Acts chapter 3. You're aware of that, right? That's right, we're going deep in a hurry. Can you keep up? See, but Acts 3 tells us about the lame man who was healed at the the temple gate called Beautiful. You know the story. He was supernaturally healed and raised up. Then the religious leaders got upset about it. Had Peter and John arrested, beaten, threatened. I mean, you'll really find out how strong you believe in healing if you're arrested and beaten for it. Right? Are you going to continue to teach healing and preach healing if if you go to jail for it? Get beaten for it? See, we enjoy a lot of freedom because others have endured persecution ahead of us. You're aware of that, right? I mean, the Pentecostal pioneers of the early 1900s, they were threatened. They had stuff thrown at them. They, some of them were beaten just for preaching Acts 2-4, just for preaching that it was God's will for every believer to speak in other tongues. In the dark ages, I mean, many people were executed, burned at the stake just because they believed that every believer should have a Bible in in their own language and be able to read it. So we should be thankful for the sacrifices of those that have gone before us. And we should be willing to make sacrifices in our generation so that the kingdom of God will go further. So here in Acts 4, Acts 4, when they threatened them and told them not to teach or preach in the name of Jesus anymore... You know, they didn't turn and run. Praise God. They got with their own company of believers. And what did they do? Well, they prayed and asked for boldness to preach Jesus even stronger. And the Holy Spirit shook that place. And let's pick it up from there. Acts 4, we're going to read verses 32 and 33. Now, when the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul, neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, 
but they had all things in common, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. I want you to say that last part after me. Say, great grace was upon them all. Now, we don't use that word upon so much anymore, and it's really just the joining of up and on, but we would just say, great grace was on them. I mean, something was on them, something more than just them. And if you read Acts chapters 3, 4, and 5 together, you'll see the church was having miracles and healings and people were being born again on a daily basis. Something was on them and not just on the apostles or a handful of spiritual people. Great grace was on who? On them all. On all the believers. There was something on them called grace. And if you study the scriptures, you'll find that the words grace and favor are often coming from the same Greek word. It's not every time. There are a few other Greek words, but most of the time, the majority of the time, it's the same Greek word that's translated grace and favor. So you could say it this way, great grace and great favor was upon them all. Well, grace and favor, what exactly is that? You know, we kind of need to have a handle on that. Well, one of the Greek words that's often uh, used literally means to bend down, to stoop down, to reach down in kindness. And it's like a superior reaching down to an inferior, which is really the picture of God and us. I mean, he, the superior, God's greater, right? (laughs) We're less than him, right? He, the superior, is reaching down in kindness to us. I mean, that's grace. And many Bible dictionaries define grace as the unmerited favor of God. And that's true, but it's not even really the half of it. The grace of God is his favor. It's his ability. It's his support. It's his wisdom. And the list goes on and on. It is his divine help. And it's a gift. It's free. The grace of God is what we're saved by, but it's also what we have to live by day by day. Are you ready for some really good news? Because I am a good news preacher. I like to bring the good news, and the good news is you can increase in the grace of God on your life. It's something that can increase. And we need to look at just what would that increase do. I mean, you can have more of it. You can have more grace now than what you've experienced up until this point. Anything and everything worthwhile that we've been able to accomplish up to this point has been by the grace of God. And that's just a fact. Really, it's only by the grace of God that your heart keeps beating and your lungs keep breathing. And you've got enough soundness of mind to to know what's going on around you. And see, with enough grace, you can do anything. You know, in Christ, all things are possible. And with enough grace, the impossible becomes possible. Now, go with me over to Genesis 6. And while you're finding that, I want you to ask yourself just how much difference has grace and favor made in your life? You know, when Liz and I were at Bible school, we went to Rainbow Bible Training College. It was called Rainbow Bible Training Center back then. And we had an instructor talking about this. It really wasn't his subject. You know, Brother Tony Cook actually taught grace to us, but this guy was talking, uh, he was teaching some other subject, but he was telling us about what happened to him recently. He, he said he was, he was studying grace and he wanted to know, 
he just wondered, how much difference does grace make in my life? And so he asked the father to, to take it off of him just for a day so that he could see what it was like without it. Well, God obliged him. He pulled the grace, I mean, he just pulled the grace off of him. And, and our instructor said he, he barely had enough sense to tie his shoes. I mean, he, he had to teach that day. And he, he said, I don't know what I taught. I, I don't think it made any sense whatsoever. And he said, thank God it was only a day. Because it it was the worst day of his life. (laughs) But it makes a difference. Genesis 6, let's read verses 5 through 7. Then the Lord said that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made him. Wow, that's not looking good. And you know, if you look around today, it's kind of looking similar. Verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So, how much difference did grace make in the life of Noah and his family? (laughs) I mean, pretty big difference. When everything around them was rotten to the core and judgment was coming and the whole thing was about to be wiped out, what made the difference? Grace. Grace made all the difference. Grace turned an extinction event into a survival event. Well, at least for Noah and his family. See, with enough grace, you can get through what destroys everybody else. This is important right now. I mean, because there's people being destroyed. There's people going dying, going to hell right now quicker than it ha- than it's been in the past. And see, with enough grace, you get through what destroys everybody else. We see evidence of that right here in Genesis 6. With enough grace, what takes everybody else apart at the seams will not do that to you. And if you're smart, once you're past it, and people look at you and go, Wow, that was amazing. How did you do that? I've never seen anybody stay so strong. I've never seen anybody be so smart. If you are really smart, you go, Whoa, 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 whoa. This is God. This was not me. This was God. I couldn't think up this stuff. It was God all the way. It was his, it was his grace. And that's not you just trying to act all humble. No, that's just reality. See, if you make it through when others don't, it was grace. You received when others didn't, it's grace. So don't go bragging about how strong your faith is or, or about how hard you worked. Don't get credit to your prayer life. Don't get credit to your family name. Yeah, we Niles, we're a tough bunch. We stick and stay when nobody else... Not without the grace of God, we don't. (laughs) Amen. It's by grace, through faith, not by works, so nobody can brag about it. By faith, you tap into this God's ability, into God's grace. How much difference does grace make in your life? See, with Noah and his bunch, it made the difference between being destroyed along with everybody else and surviving. And see, this is why you and I, we're not going to hell. The ark is a type and, and shadow of salvation. It's a type and shadow of the rapture of the church. And we're in the ark of Jesus today. The flood's coming. The judgment and wrath of God is coming. And people are going to be swept away into hell. And if it were based on how good you are and what you can do, nobody would make it because nobody's good enough. Nobody can do enough good to get out of this coming judgment. 
But by grace, we have found favor with God. Grace has allowed us to be safe in the ark of Jesus. The ark that includes the rapture, the great catching away of the church. You know, I've had some people come to me and say, well, you know, Brother Dana, that, that, that rapture, that's just an escape doctrine. I said, you're right. I'm escaping right on out of here just like Noah and his bunch. I mean, you can find type and shadow of it all through the scriptures. We're out of here. You know, and then there's some people say, well, there, there might be another rapture halfway through. And I said, there might be. I don't care. I'm going on the first load. I'm not sticking around to see if there's another one. Halfway through, no, I'm going out on the first load. <laughs> see, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, go with me over to Luke chapter 1. See, grace and favor. The word favor is actually where we get our word favorite. Favorite. Favor has to do with this kindness, goodwill, this grace. You know, I used to joke around and, and say, you know, I'm God's favorite. But the more I studied this out, the more I discovered I was right. I am God's favorite. But here's the deal. I'm not the only one. Anybody can be God's favorite. <laughs> Amen. See, favorite means a person with special favor. Special favor implies more favor than others. But now, wait a minute. God's no respecter of persons. I thought he doesn't play favorites. Did you think that? See, but now grab a hold of this. Being a respecter of persons and having favorites is not the same thing. God is not a respecter of persons. He does not receive somebody for who they are or what they've done. He doesn't treat them differently because of who they are or what, or what they've done. He does not do that, but he does favor some more than others. He does grace some people much more than others. And he's absolutely fair and justified in doing so. Because it's not, it's not that others couldn't have it as well. No, we all can if we're willing to change some things, if we're willing to trust and obey. We too can have great grace in and on our lives. So there are those who are experiencing more of his grace and favor than others. And remember, every worthwhile thing that you've ever done has been done by his grace. But you can have more. You can have double. You can have triple. You can have quadruple. I don't know that there is a limit on it. You can have more of his grace than you've ever had up until this point in time. The grace and favor on your life can increase. Now, in Acts 4, there was great grace on them all. Well, that reveals to me that there are levels of this, degrees of this. I mean, if there's great grace, then that implies that there's also a little bit of grace. And it implies that there's more grace. And grace is God giving you opportunity, but it's also God giving you his ability. We wouldn't even have the opportunity to get saved without the grace of God. You'd have never found out about Jesus, heaven, and hell, about salvation, or how lost you are, or were, <laughs> without the grace of God. It was the grace of God that you even found any of that out. It was the grace of God that you had the opportunity in that church that day or at that crusade or when that person witnessed to you or wherever you were, whatever the circumstances was when you were born again. You'd have never found salvation on your own. You'd still be fumbling around in the dark without the grace of God. But not only does he give you grace to have the opportunity, he graces you also to take you through to the new birth to get into this new life. And once you're in the new life, whatever needs to be done now, 
by His grace, you have the ability, you have the strength, you have the wisdom, you have everything you need to accomplish what you have the opportunity to do. Grace. By grace comes opportunity. By grace comes ability. Grace is big. Grace is huge. In fact, it's one of the biggest topics in the Bible, especially in the New Testament. Amen. And what you've ever been able to do up to this point that's worth anything has been by the grace of God. And I said all that to ask you this. How would more grace affect you? Well, let's see. Things you've struggled to do, with more grace, it would be easier. Things that you failed to do, with enough grace, you could now do. With enough grace, you can receive anything. You know, maybe it's been a financial thing or a healing thing that's just gone on and on and on. With enough grace, you can receive it. Maybe it's been a habit. Maybe it's been an addiction. Some kind of sin that you keep falling into. You know, the same sin over and over again. With enough grace, you can get free and stay free. With enough grace, you can be the man, the woman that you know you should be. With enough grace, you can be that husband you know you should be. You can be that wife that you know you should be. Amen. You can be that father that you know you should be. You can be that mother that you know you should be. So I'm asking, are you hungry for more grace? Do you want some of this great grace? Have you found Luke chapter 1? long time ago, probably. Luke 1, we're going to read verse 28. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. I want you to notice, not just favored... Highly favored. Are there different degrees of favor? Well, you got favor. Then you got a little more favor. Then you got lots of favor. And then you got an angel walking in and saying, you're highly favored. That's pretty cool. See, out of all the women on earth, the one who has the honor of carrying and giving birth to the Savior is highly favored. Now, is God a respecter of persons by picking Mary to do this? No. But yet she is highly favored. Look at it again, Luke one twenty eight. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. I like that, the Lord is with you part. That's part of the favor of God. His presence is with us. And the more this is evident, the more people will like being around you. They'll get around you and they'll, they'll be aware of the favor of God on your life. And maybe they'll be out with you somewhere and, the, and they see the favor of God open some doors for you. They will then tend to give you the credit. They may see the favor of, and grace of God get some things done. And, and then they may think, wow, you're just so smart. But if you really are smart, tell me what you'll do. If you really are smart, you'll say, hey, I couldn't think that up. This was this was God that did this. This was the grace of God. It came from God. Listen, never take the credit. If you want to cut off the favor of God of your life, then just take the credit for it. Because it'll shut it right down. See, if it's His grace, then it's His glory. If it was His grace that caused it to happen, then who should get the credit? Well, He should. It's not our grace. It was on you, but it's His grace. See, the angel told Mary she was highly favored. Let's read Luke 1, verse 30. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now let me ask you, 
What kind of difference did this make in Mary's life? Did this change her life? <laughs> you think? And it also changed all of our lives. See, I want you to think on that. The favor of God doesn't just change your life. How many other people will be affected because you were highly favored? What came through Mary by the grace of God is blessing people in the earth yet today. And what comes through you and me by the grace and favor of God is to be a blessing to others. See, every good thing God gives you is ultimately to touch somebody else with. Yeah, it blesses you on the way through. Praise God. But it's not supposed to end with you. Because it's not just about you. Now go right a page or two to Luke chapter 2. This is the way I like to look at it too. God will give it to you if he can get it through you. If he can get it through you, he'll make sure it's to you. Because <laughs> it's not just about you. Luke 2, we're going to read verse 40, at least the first part of it. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. Now we're talking about Jesus. And see, this helps us to see that Jesus did not come to this earth with all his godly attributes. I mean, would God really need to grow and become strong in spirit? I don't think God would need that. See, Jesus did become a man like us, and he left behind his almighty power and glory. He didn't stop being the son of God, but he didn't come here with all of his godly attributes. He laid them aside. That's why he had to grow in grace and favor. Luke 2, verse 40. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. The grace of God was on him. So even as a boy, the grace of God was on him. Luke 2, verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. See, if you increase, what does that mean? It means you got more now than what you had. It's not rocket science. <laughs> he increased in what? Wisdom. He increased in stature. What's that mean? He grew up physically. But he also increased in favor with God and with men. Now go with me to Second Peter 3. See, what I'm doing is laying a foundation for you to see some things. I really, I want to show you from several places that it is biblical, it is scriptural for you to grow in grace and favor, to, for you to have more of it tomorrow than you got today. See, grace can become greater in your life. And with greater grace in your life, more than you had just last week, I mean, how would that affect you? I mean, would it affect you on your job? I think it would. Things that were hard for you to remember, hard for you to keep track of, you were always about half a step behind, but with enough grace, you're now ahead instead of behind. Before stuff happens, I mean you're already on top of it. And somebody might even notice. And somebody might even point it out, hey, dude, you're really on it today, you know, what's going on? You're usually half a step behind, and now you're half a step ahead. Boy, what happened? See, here's your, here's your opportunity. If you're smart, you'll say, it's God's grace. It's God. Give him the credit. See, when you struggle, and it seems like you're in a fog, and it just seems so hard, well, that could mean you're just doing it on your own. Oh, it got quiet. Let me say it again. When you struggle, and it seems like you're just in a fog, it could mean... That you're just doing it on your own. No grace or not enough grace. And see, that's what the unsaved world has every day. 
You wonder why they're so stupid? You wonder why they're doing the things that they're doing? You wonder? They got no grace. They, 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 they're, they're, they're just living in a fog. That's why life is just so hard for them. Without grace, it's hard. But listen, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, come to me, you that are burdened and heavy laden. And then what did he say? I'll give you rest. I'll give you relief. Well, how's he going to do that? Well, he's going to pour grace in you and on you and give you favor. And what was so hard becomes easy. Because what else did he say? He said, hey, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And when you got God's grace, that's what you get. A easy and light burden instead of so heavy and hard. How can it be that way? Well, with his grace and favor, it's just that way. But if you struggle to do it on your own with no grace, it's hard. See, that's why people are so tired all the time. Now, if you're doing stuff you shouldn't be doing, God's not going to grace you to be disobedient. <laughs> I mean, he's not. He's not going to give you favor to help you get out of his will. That's not not, going to happen. So when it comes to being hard-headed and getting out of the will of God, you're on your own with that. He's not going to help you. And see, smart people will stop doing that. And instead of, Lord, what will you let me do? Lord, what can I get away with and still make it to heaven? Huh? Instead of saying that is, Lord, what do you want me to do? What is your plan for my life? Jeez, there's grace for that. <laughs> there's not grace for the other. I know there's some teaching out there that says contrary, but they're wrong. <laughs> there's not grace for you to sin. There's not grace for you to, st- to do all of that. No, there's grace for you to not sin. <laughs> that's, that's what it's about. There's grace for going his plan. Now, Second Peter 3, did you find it? We're going to read verses 17 and 18. It says, you therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with error, with the error of the wicked. Verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, can you grow in grace? Yes. Can favor be increased on your life? Yeah. Now go left with me to James 4. See, how do we qualify to receive more grace and favor? How do we qualify? Well, you know, by faith you receive grace. That's definitely the main way. But what else can we do? Well, we just saw that through obedience, more will come to us. Now look at James 4. We're going to read verse 6, at least the first part of it. It says, but he gives more grace. I want you to notice it says he gives more grace. See, that's talking about increase. I like that. James 4, 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. See, the proud will take credit for everything. I worked hard. I built this from the ground up. I pulled myself up by my own bootstrap. I prayed this place into existence. (laughs) If it wasn't for the grace of God, you couldn't even spell prayer. (laughs) Now, see, we have a part to play, but we can work and sweat and burn the midnight oil and work some more and not accomplish anything that lasts. Unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord puts his hand on it and influences people and moves by his spirit, it's not going to get done. 
Anything that does get done will not last. So the proud do not get this grace. They say, look at me. I did it my way. And God says, yeah, and you got no grace. No grace for you. (laughs) In fact, they will even be resisted. It's a hard place. No grace and resistance from the Lord. There's enough resistance out there in the world. You definitely don't need the Lord resisting you too. But that's what happens when people get all puffed up, when they get all proud about something that God accomplished and they take the credit for it. James 4, 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he said, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, are you still interested in growing in grace? I'm going to give you a real easy prescription here. (laughs) You're also going to need to be interested in growing in humility. But see, humility is not this phony religious stuff. It's not the stuff you see Hollywood trying to portray. They ain't got a clue when it comes to humility. Absolutely no clue. And and most of the religious world does not have a clue either. And see, the truth is, humility is reality. And the truth is, you need him every moment of every day. And here's a real simple definition for humility. Humility. It's laying your own way aside and going God's way. That's just the definition for it. It's depending on him and his ability. See, you can be saved and depend on him for some things, but then not depend on him for other things. You depend on him maybe when you're reading your Bible and praying. Maybe you're depending on him when you're serving in the church. But then you go to work and you go, oh, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. I got this, Lord. I know how to do this. I don't need your help on this. I got this. But the, the Lord's going, man, I can show you a way that's better that'll even get you a promotion. <laughs> right? He knows a better way. See, if we're going to have greater grace, then maybe those are some of the areas that we need to look at. Those things we think we already know how to do. I mean, there's grace for marriages. And, you know, and people that have been, been, been married a long time, they think they know what to do. They think they got it. You know, Liz and I have been married for 44 years. That's a long time. And, and here's what I know about it. The first five years, no grace. <laughs> How come? No Jesus in our life. I mean, first five years, we didn't look like we were going to make it. In fact, people were betting on it. They ain't going to make it. <laughs> they, they ain't making it. And without God, we wouldn't have. But after we got switched on to God and his grace came into our marriage, things changed. And here's what I know. You need more grace all the time for marriage. Because marriage, you know, people say, people have asked, what's your success? You've been married for 44 years. What's your, what's your success story? A, 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 a lot of forgiveness <laughs> and a lot of grace. <laughs> there's grace for marriage. Did you know there's grace for handling money? I mean, you can get God's ability to handle your finances, and oh, does it go a whole lot better when you got His ability, when you got His wisdom doing it. I see grace flowing to dads for them to be godly fathers. Amen. I see grace flowing to mothers for them to be godly mothers. You know, some of it's been a struggle, but with enough grace, dun, 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 super dad. And, 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 and a super dad was somebody that had a really bad father growing up. He had absolutely no example, but with enough grace, he's a super dad. 
And people wonder, well, how does he do it? Uh, grace. But you know, there's still people that'll say, well, I don't see how any of that can actually happen. Well, that's because you can't do it by yourself. You've already proven that. See, falling short and don't feel like it and too tired all the time. Well, you need some more grace. You know, situations on the job, you know, maybe you're convinced that your boss doesn't even like you. You know, I've had that before. Well, go ahead and think that way and see if it helps you. Worse yet, walk around saying it. (laughs) You know, occasionally some negative will still come out of my mouth. And when it does, my wife gives me one of them looks. She don't even have to say it, but I know what's coming next. I say something negative, she gives me that look, and I go, oh, no, here it comes. She'll then say, is that what you want? And I'll say, no, that's not what I want. Then why are you saying it? Yeah. <laughs> See, we ought to, <laughs> she's graced to do that. <laughs> because it's only her that can get away with it, you know. Grace, (laughs) we ought to be able to correct each other, especially spouses. There's grace for that. Amen. Back to the boss, though. You're convinced that your boss doesn't like you. And see, but by grace, the Lord can show you what to talk with your boss about and how to say it in such a way. And you'll see him open up to you like he's never done before. See, the Lord knows what will touch him right on the inside. And cause him to see you in a whole different light. God can actually change the situation at your workplace. He can change it completely. Something you would have never figured out on your own. And and you won't even know why you brought the subject up. And why you were using those words. But then you see your boss's reaction. And then you know why. And you're going, oh God, you're so smart. Wow, I would have never have thought of that. And the Lord said, yeah, that's why I'm here. I'm trying to help you here, son. And how is it that you even went that way? It was the grace and favor of God that led you that way. How did you know to say what you said? How did you have the right words at just the right time and catch them in just the right frame of mind? It was the grace of God. Grace and favor in front of you, following behind you, coming in you. Grace on your thinking, grace on your words. You know, the Bible says that our words are to be seasoned with grace. Amen. And if it's his grace, then it's his glory. So when that happens, make sure you give God the credit for it. Now go with me to John chapter 1, and we'll probably close with this. John 1. See, I'm going to be thinking about grace the rest of the day. You should be too. (laughs) It's by the grace of God that we can do things for him. John chapter 1, this is a very familiar verse. John 1, we're going to look at verse 14. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. See, we see a progression with Jesus. When he was young, the Bible says the grace was on him. A few years later, it says that he was growing and increasing in grace. Here it says he's full of grace. Now, would it make a difference in your life if you had more grace? If you, if it just keep increasing and you get to a place where you're just full of grace in that area in your life, I mean, what a difference that'd make. Aware of grace beyond anything that you've ever experienced before. It's like he's just picked you up and he's carrying you through the situation. That's full of grace. John 1, we're going to read verses 14 through 16. 
And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of Him and cried out, saying, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for He was before me. Look at verse 16. And of His fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. Grace for, listen, there's grace to get you more grace. That's what it says. Grace for grace. Ah, oh, man, that, that's starting to get exponential to me. You can get grace so that you can get more grace. And of his fullness, what is he full of? Grace and truth. Now look with me in verses 16 and 17. We're going to come back to 16. And of his fullness, we have all received in grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, there's evidence of grace in the Old Testament. God has always been a gracious God, but with the coming of Jesus, it was like the windows of heaven were just thrown open, and the grace of God was poured out until there was a fullness of grace. Now, in verse 16, it says, grace for grace. Say that out loud with me. Grace for grace. I got grace so I can get more grace. Say that. I got grace so I can get more grace. Let me read it to you out of the Young's Literal Translation. Now, I probably can't find that in there. <laughs> Young's Literal Translation says this. Out of his fullness did we all receive and grace over against grace. Now, that gives us the picture of layered grace or stacked grace. You know, I grew up on the farm. We used to stack hay. I know what it means to stack. Well, here we got stacked grace. You've got this level of grace, and then you've got another level stacked on top of it, and then another level on top of that. Let me read it to you out of the Amplified Classic. I really like this. John 1.16, Amplified Classic. For out of his fullness, abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and we were all supplied with one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. Is this available to us? It is. Is this what we're called to? Yes, it is. Now, we've experienced some of these levels, and we're thankful. I mean, without it, you'd have have not come this far. We'd have never gotten this far. With just hard work and our own intelligence, never. But the good good news is we don't have to stay here. We can go ahead and have another one stacked on top of us. (laughs) And more on top of that. And more on top of that, I don't know that there's a limit. Grace upon grace upon grace and favor upon favor upon favor, gift heaped upon gift, until what seemed out of reach before now seems easy. What was so hard and such a struggle becomes light and easy. What was impossible now becomes possible, and it's just in time for where we're at right here, right now. We are living in the end times, and if there's any time that we need more grace, we need more favor, it is right here, right now. I mean, look around you. What do you see? You see great, you see sin increasing, right? I mean, all you gotta do is flip on the TV and you go, man, I can't believe what they put on TV anymore. Uh, what, what is sin increasing? And what do we know? When sin increases, grace does yet even more increase. <laughs> Glory to God. We need more grace. We need more favor so that we have not only the opportunity to do what God calls us to do, but His ability to get it done. 
Whether that's right here in Barstow and surrounding communities or whether it's at the ends of the earth. We need to get the job done. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And here's what, here's what I know. Right now there is an anointing here on me and on Liz to help you get to a place of more grace. There is an anointing to help you get there to more grace. And how does that work? Well, maybe you've been struggling with some things. Maybe there's some stuff that's just been real hard for you to get to get accomplished. Maybe maybe it's an area of of, of sin in your life that you keep going, you just keep doing the same thing over and over. Well, there's grace that it can set you free and grace that can keep you free. Maybe there's a healing thing that's never been able you've never you, you know, you've you've been struggling, 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 it's just never happened. Well, with enough grace, it can happen. Maybe it's a financial thing. You know, you've been struggling in your finances. Well, with enough grace, you can then know how to handle your finances. With enough grace, you can tap into the prosperity that God's got for you in your life. With enough grace, you can do what God's called you to do. You know, some of you are called to actually witness to your neighbors. You're called to actually to actually lay hands on your sick neighbors and see them recover, but yet you begin, with enough grace, you'll have the courage to do it. With enough grace, the anointing will be there to make it happen. Hallelujah. And so right now, I know there's an anointing on me. I know there's an anointing on my wife. She's just itching to get her hands on you. I can tell by the way she's looking at me right now. She she, she said, you just wait till afterwards. No. (laughs) No, I'm graced for that too. With enough grace. And so what am I offering here? I'm offering to lay hands on people that are having a struggle with some area in your life. Or you're just hungry for more grace. You've you've tasted and you see, this grace and favor, this is good. And if you've tasted and see that it's good, you want more? Well, come on up. We'll lay hands on you. Believe God with you. And more will come on you. And what do we know? It's going to be stacked. Grace stacked upon grace. Favor upon favor. Gift heaped up upon gift in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to lay hands on you and believe with you. And then what's going to happen? Well, there's going to be an anointing take place. There's going to be an impartation take place. There's going to be some grace stacked upon what you've already got. And it's going to help you. It's going to help you. You're going to be surprised at what takes place after this day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, I think we start down here. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. You're the brother that's going to Korea, right? Father, in Jesus' name. Grace to do that. Grace upon grace and favor upon favor. Lord, he's not just going on assignment with the military. He's going on assignment with you. Grace and favor to see it through all the way through until mission accomplished in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, that grace and favor stacked upon what's already there, layered upon what's already there. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Show babro dikishke mampra dikiskerandorondi o romanko shkimenkirda in Jesus name in Jesus name grace 
Yeah, that's what you're going to say. Ha, ha, ha. All the way through. All the way through. All the way through. That, that grace, that grace, it'll change. It'll change. It'll be rearranged in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, rotish kimimbaranda kamabarandu kushki timimbaranda. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, that, that grace and favor. Oh, grondish kambrondis kiride kibibarute kiskimabaranda kirida. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Father, that grace, that grace, taking him further than he's ever been before. Taking him stronger than he's ever been before. Yes, Lord, stacked upon grace, favor, stacked upon it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Ah, that anointed. <laughs> Yeah, grace to do it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Bashkamambruda. E. Ikashkukurinde. Go kurudi kishkimimbarenda ka. Yeah, step into that. Step into that opportunity. Step into it with this grace. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Mm, bishkumone. Bishkimimbarindi kiridaka. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Shokuro de kiridakama brutakama brutaka. Askarandi kiridakama. Yeah, brundi. Ishkimembrutishkamambahandi kiskimembrutiki. Mm, shushimembrandu kushkimembrandu kiskimembrutu kushkibikiridakama. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Eh, kiridanoshku. Eh, heskima bradus kiridide. Oh, eh, me kushkumongur denehe. Askamambrude. Du, eh, eh, skime buskamambrude. Shomambrandi skime bridike. In the name of Kitidondos. Eh, shimabaromamanine kaskununde kiride. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, rendishkanonde, skanende, oh, ishkamon babashkamon broti kiskimam brandi kiridakamaka. Yeah, kushki kiki kikarambaha. Oh, kiridakirana. Yeah, another layer, another layer. Another stack in Jesus' name. Yeah, all the way to the end. Running strong all the way, all the way. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, favor, favor like never before. Favor opening doors. Favor and grace to walk through them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name. Lord, that that anointing to go further, that anointing to go stronger, that anointing to go from one degree to another in Jesus' name. Yeah, what's been hard is going to get easier. What has been difficult will be simple. By the grace, by the grace, by the wisdom of God, by that wisdom in, in Jesus' name. That yeah, greater degree, greater degree, greater degree. Supernaturally. Yeah, that administrative thing. <laughs> Whoa, growing, growing, getting stronger, getting bigger. Easier. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That, oh. Oh, shit, my man, and Get grace. <laughs> grace to stand in that place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, in the name of... Oh, all the way, all the way. All the way. Seeing all the way in Jesus' name. All the way, Father, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seeing things to come. Yeah, that plan, that plan. That plan in Jesus' name. Show my Father. That anointing. Yeah, it's, it's bigger than what you thought. It's more than what you were thinking. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, oh. In the name of Jesus. Oh, 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, Father. Oh, Supernaturally. Supernaturally, that's how it gets done. That's how it gets done. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah, that name that's above every name. In Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus. Brutti, shuturutti, mandiriditi, papruti, kirida, papurutaka. Yeah, yeah, show her, Lord. Show her in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, papatutushki mambradi, garatatitatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatatat
In the name of Jesus. Yeah, we step into that. We step into that. That'll work. Yes, Father. In Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah, it matters. It matters. It matters to Him. Yeah, that grace. That grace in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah. That gentle, that gentle touch. That gentle touch in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mm. Ooh, yeah, yeah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father. That grace. Your ability. Your power. Your strength. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, Father. Thank you. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, that, oh, yeah, we step into that, <laughs> oh, supernatural, great grace to see it through, all the way through, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, Father, in Jesus' name, more grace, <laughs> Yeah, there's more race to run. And so there's more grace to run it in Jesus' name. <laughs> Wisdom from above. Opportunity, but then ability. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, Lord. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because of that faithfulness, because of that being there, steadfast, over and over again. You're stepping into something more, something bigger, something greater to impact kingdom, kingdom business in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Mm. Be. E. Show the man. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. One opportunity after another. Oh, day after day after day, opportunity after opportunity, and grace and ability. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father. Ooh. Grace upon grace. Stacked up, stacked up. Favor, 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 favor with God and men. Favor like you've never seen before. Favor to open up every door. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I was just, uh, just as we were praying for people, I just heard the Lord say a number of times that you don't yet know. You don't yet know what he has for you, but he will open your eyes to it. And you'll be seeing it, and step by step, he'll help you walk through it and walk you in it and take you to places you never thought you'd go. Places in the spirit and places in the natural. Where people will come to you and they'll say, who is this Jesus that you serve? And you'll say to them, he is my king, he is my Lord, and he can be your savior too. So by this he will fill this church, that you're, that you will walk in that grace. And you'll see that, that he'll, he'll use you in magnificent ways. So open your eyes, open your ears, and he'll show you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Oh, wow. You know, the Lord told me we didn't just have a church service this morning. We had a life-changing event. But he added this, if you receive it. Remember I said at the start of the service that the missionary comes in, leaves that anointing, that deposit with us? Well, that happened. But I, 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 I want to close with receiving an offering from them. But more than that, I've got to show you a couple verses to tag on to what Brother Dana had. And, you know, I think about the times we live in. We're starting to study the book of Joshua in our online Bible study we do. And in Joshua chapter 2, the Lord told Joshua to tell the people, We've never been this way before. But our commander in chief Jesus, he has. And so we're we're coming we're at a time in history to where nobody's been this way before. This is the end of the church age. There's things happening that nobody has answers for. But if we walk in the light of the Word of God. With the Holy Spirit in us, leading us, if we tune into Him, we can go this way before, and everything that was preached this morning will carry us through. But I want you to look at Second Corinthians chapter nine, and I know that it's twelve o'clock, it's lunchtime. But what I've got to share with you, I'd never tag on to a preacher date. I'd never tag on to somebody's preached. But the Holy Ghost wants all of us, anybody watching online, to be prepared how to get through this. So this is just going to be just real brief. But this is 
the rest of his sermon that God didn't give him. Unless he did, he just didn't go this far. Second is chapter 8. Chapter 8, verse 1. I just want to show you two or three verses that we're going to receive the offering for them. But this is right now securing your financial future. Do you know there's a possibility they can freeze your accounts and a lot of things? Remember when Bank of America closed down, the church money got (laughs) shut off during this COVID thing. We had a rough time doing some things, but God had more than enough. But all of a sudden, Bank of America said, you can't get your money. But God knew how to get it to us. Verse 1, chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit, or we want you to know of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. The grace of God, the favor of God on the churches. And then this whole chapter, chapter 9, talks about churches giving blessings. And then this chapter 8 here, he talks about the grace of God on this church was having a hard time, but they gave out of everything they had help missions succeed and everything else and God, and God got it through and said there's a grace for giving and that grace for giving secures your future for the grace for receiving when you need things and then chapter 9 and you need to study chapter 8 and chapter 9 in life what, what brother Dana taught today and I'm talking about not just a good sermon I'm talking about your life for the future if the government anybody else says Jenny, I don't care how much pension you got. You can't have it now. Well, you say, hallelujah, I don't need it anyway. I've got the grace of God takes care of me. Or if they say, you know what? Uh, you're not, you're not the, you're, you're not the right segment of society for this medical care your child needs. You can't have it because somebody else gets it because you don't have it. You say, that's okay. I don't need it. I got the grace of God, the favor of God for my child. We're going to make it because of him. And so Second Corinthians chapter 9, this whole flow starts at chapter 8, verse 1. He says in verse 7, at verse 8, I want to share this, then we'll receive our offering. He says this, Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all what? All what? That's what the Holy Ghost is saying to us as believers as a church today. All grace abound towards you. What happens when that grace is abounded towards you? You'll always have all sufficiency in all things. And abound to every good work. God says, when you're walking in this grace that's bestowed upon the churches, you'll have all abundance in all things to abound to every good work. They sold over $55,000 during all the stupid stuff into other ministries. That's the grace of God, all that ministry to do that. We, during all this thing, had the grace of God on us to help a lot of ministries do a lot of things. And that's why we paid $60,000 cash for the new air. That's why we're doing the things we're doing, because the grace of God's upon the churches. But for that grace of God to be able to be activate your life to work to the fullest... He says, every man has your purposes in his heart, then let him give. And so we're getting ready to receive an offering for these guys. And all I can say is this. There's a grace on the believers of this church. There's a grace on the one watching us on the internet out there. And you listen to your heart. 
what God says to do. And this grace for giving also gives a grace for receiving later on down the road. You get down the road, God looks at the grace you're walking in. And just as surely as God uses us to be a blessing to others, then if our time of need comes, God has somebody out there at that time has grace for giving to you for what you need. It's a flow. It's a flow. And we've got to, we've got to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in that flow. So all I'm saying for blessing these guys this morning, for God's using them to do whatever is in your heart to do, you just do it. And what you're doing, you're cooperating with the grace of God on your life. And no matter what happens down the road, that grace of God that you're in, you're going to keep on working and you're going to smile all the way through whatever goes on. People are going to look at you and like he just said, like she just prophesied, you're just going to say, Jesus is the one that did it for me. He'll do it for you. It's the grace of God. Amen, amen, amen. And so does, do you need envelopes or you already got them from a while ago? If anybody needs an envelope, hold up your hand. Need an envelope, hold up your hand. If you have to put a check in there, just make it out to the church and we'll give them one check before they leave. And, uh, you know, online, whatever you want to do. But all I'm saying is this. It says God loves a cheerful giver. And when you know what you know, it's easy to cheerful give. I mean, it's so easy. We call it happy time because but we're so happy that we're blessed with our health. We're blessed with the financial things we've got. And if right now you're walking that thing where right now say, man, I wish I could say I was blessed in my, in my, what I have because I don't have it right now. Well, do whatever you can. God doesn't care if you put a penny in there. One time I had nothing when we sent a missionary overseas back in our poor days when we were sheep and not shepherds. I put a pin in the offering, man. It, it was very valuable to me. It was a pin I loved. Put it in there. And later on, that man came back from overseas. He said he's in a dire need over there, something to write with. And I said, I remembered. He said he laughed when he got his offering. He saw a pin in there. He thought, man, somebody put a goofy pin in my offering. That's all I had to give. But when that man got over there and where he was at, he didn't have anything to write with. He said, wait a minute. I got that off, part of that offering right here. What if it was a pen? He said, I don't know what I laughed at back then, but I thank God that pen was in there. I must have 2,000 pens in my desk right now, man. Talk about a harvest. It came back good measure, pressed down, shaked together. I've never been without pens. Amen, amen, amen. Well, if you got your giving ready, let's stand up. And uh, hold your offering up to the Lord if you want to or wherever you want to. But the main thing is, I'm going to speak some words of faith over your offering. And we're going to know that that grace of God that's on this church, that's on you, that's on this missionary ministry, is going to continue in these last days. And we're always, always, always going to shine like bright stars because the grace of God upon us. We're never going to be broke, never going to be destitute. We're always going to abound to every good work. And this is a good work. Amen. We're going to abound to it. Amen. Close your eyes. Father, we want to thank you in the name of Jesus that we're not phony people. We're Christians. And Lord, we're not double agents that's speaking one thing in church and playing one thing in church. They're going out to the world and go the other direction. Lord, we're for real. You know our hearts. You know our lives. And I, as the pastor of this church, thank you for the grace of God that's been on this church for years and years and years and years. For the grace of God that's on the lives of the people, 
for the grace of God that's on Niles at the end of the earth's ministry, Lord. We thank you for that grace of God because we know without your grace, Lord, we'd be dead in the water. We'd go nowhere. Father, we thank you as we give today that we're cooperating with you, the spirit of grace. And, Lord, we want to thank you that the Niles, the end of the earth's ministry, is always going to have abundance and no lack, more than enough to do anything and everything you've called them to do, more than enough to help anybody you've called them to help. And, Lord, we thank you. We're partners with them in reaching the world. And, Father, we thank you that grace on our life is increasing because we're going to stay humbled in your sight, Lord, to do what we need to do. And, Lord, we just want to thank you and praise you that we're partners with you in the ministry. And like you told me many years ago, we help you reach the world. You help us reach our part of the world. And that Barstow Faith Confession we make every service, Lord, we want to thank you as coming to pass. And we're right in the middle of it that Barstow is a saved city, a blessed city, a God city. And, Lord, we're part of changing this region for your glory. And receive these offerings in faith and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Bring your offerings up. And then Pastor Dave will lead you in the faith confession for Barstow. today. Come on. Yeah. What a service. Wow. <laughs> what a service, man. What a, I, I was feverishly taking notes, man. That was just spoke to us so big. And I know that it did everybody else here. So who's ready to grow and increase in the grace of God? Amen. I remind you, hey, you can listen to this on the podcast later or go back on Facebook or YouTube and watch it all over again. So there's no need to only hear it once. You could hear it again. Amen. We want to remind you, service tonight at 6 o'clock. Liz is going to be ministering tonight. So we've got her up to bat. It's going to be awesome. And there is warfare prayer at 5 o'clock. My mom wanted me to remind you. And also, if you're on the janitorial team, there's a meeting at 5 o'clock also. So anyway, and what? Okay, okay, real quick. We know we're late. We're trying to get you out of here. If you're interested in being part of the janitorial team or in cleaning the church at all, being a part of taking care of God's house, you can meet me in the coffee bar at 5. 5 o'clock tonight. All right. Very good. Well, we're going to close out. And oh, and one more announcement, man. They just keep going. If you had kids in children's church, they do have their general store prizes that they can go pick, uh, uh, they can collect. So you're going to pick your kids up in this room upstairs today, and they're going to get their prizes, all right? Let's speak some words of faith over Barstow, shall we? Let's do this. Say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you tonight.